Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 206th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners podcast. We win! 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Fred Brown looking. Oh, way to worthy! Worthy five! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. Pump make for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb from straight away! Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. And if you can't tell by the tone of my voice, I'm a little bit annoyed. Uh, Ticked off, pissed off, anything you want to describe emotions of anger i'm there um after carolina loses at home to pittsburgh 65 to 64 that's now a regular season sweep for pittsburgh over carolina a third straight win in the smith center for the panthers joining duke and wake forest as the only schools to ever have won three straight in the dean dome and the fifth win in the last six games overall for Pitt in a game that basically goes a lot like the first one. There really isn't a good way to explain the loss. Um, other than the fact that you got out-executed and you got out-toughed again, and you had a chance to put the game away just like you did in December, and you didn't do it. And in the in the waning moments of the game, when you had a chance to 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 win the game, you couldn't get the job done. And you know, we talked about going into this game how important it was because it kicked off a very important stretch for Carolina, um, because this was going to be a six game stretch that really defined this probably this team season. Um, you know, whether they were going to compete for a regular season ACC title or not. And those odds really improved last night with the loss for uh, to Clemson at Boston College. You were right there to, to, to get within a game and a half of Clemson, knowing you still got a game with the Tigers and a return game with Virginia coming up. And you squandered that opportunity. And, you know, this loss isn't as bad as it was last year when you lost at home to Pitt because Pitt isn't as bad as they were a year ago. But it's 
it's equally frustrating because a team that entered with goals and expectations of winning an ACC championship and competing for a national championship shouldn't be getting swept by Pittsburgh. But, buddy, that's where we're at. Yeah, just, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing that we've talked about for, you know, three straight matchups now with this team. And this this game, I mean, it was the same recipe as what got you beat last time. And you saw it from the word go in this one. You just didn't want to put the ball inside. Doesn't really make any sense to me. Again, they're soft. They ain't that good inside. It showed you with how many offensive rebounds you had in this game. But you got out executed. Down the stretch of the game, you let them drive the lane. Easy. Once again, same thing that beat you the first time. I mean, it's just, it is the same recipe that is beating you over and over again for a team that is mediocre as hell. They're not good. They're, they're not good. They're really not. I don't give a damn what their record is. They are not a, a good basketball team. What do they do all that great? Nothing. They got beat by Florida State. You're not good. It's that simple. So. They're a team that may not even make the NCAA tournament when it's all said and done. Now, Carolina may not either if they keep heading in this direction. But, yeah, you shouldn't be losing these games. It's just, I mean, at home, you have to take care of business. Because now, what did we say? You can't lose outside of quad one, and you'll be fine. Well, now you've lost outside of quad one. Now you got to start picking up some quad one victories here. And it starts with Duke. And look, there are many opportunities that are left on your schedule, believe it or not. Because Wake Forest has fallen off. That's probably not going to end up being a quad one victory because the way that team's playing right now, I don't know how many games they're going to win the rest of the year in the ACC. And you look at some of the other games that you have remaining on your schedule, a lot of those teams, even though the number beside their name may make them look like they're a good basketball team, doesn't really matter because the net ranking doesn't really like those teams. Now, you can say whatever you want. I think the net the net ranking is frankly asinine, but it, it, I mean it's it is what it is. So, yeah, the resume ain't looking great for Carolina right now. They're probably on the nine line and the fact that this team that was preseason number 1 is here again, the fact that you 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 basically got a team that has no business beating you. Um, just, I mean, walking into your place two years in a row and punking you uh, is is kind of ridiculous. And it's, I, I mean, there's no other way to feel about it at this point. You should be pissed. You, you should not be saying, well, we got beat by a good basketball team tonight. No, you didn't. Not really. Nobody in the ACC is all that great this year. I mean, Joe Lenardi, I guess, has been telling us that for a while now. And I mean, I guess I, at this point, I guess we're just supposed to believe them because the team that we thought was good in Carolina isn't. Um, maybe Virginia, that's the one team you got. But everybody else, I mean, Clemson last night looked absolutely pathetic against Boston College. But is that a game that you're going to win coming up? Who the hell knows? Like now, how do you feel confident about just about any other game on your schedule? Because look, Carolina has a lot of home games coming up. The majority of them, though, are pretty tough matchups against good opponents. So we'll see how Carolina can bounce back from this. But uh, I'm, I'm just – I'm over losing to this team. 
Well, I think the thing that's got me most frustrated, if, if you go back into the preview, I, I mean, I was pumped and amped. I wanted to put this team in its place because Pittsburgh basketball has no business beating Carolina basketball as frequently as they've had the last the last handful of years. And I just don't get how a group of players that lost at home last year to this team then went on the road and lost to this team and has heard their coach, who basically entered this season on the verge of getting fired, run their absolute mouth, didn't come motivated to, to, to do some work. Because I, as a fan, was motivated to kick their rear ends and wanted to beat their rear ends, and I wanted to blow them out. And you had eight days to get ready for this game. Like, I know they took some time off and stuff like that, but you had eight days, and you didn't come out ready to go knowing how important this stretch of the season is for a team that's already underwhelmed? Like, that's the frustration is it's not like this team has put itself solidly in the NCAA tournament. They haven't. They they enter tonight one and six in quad one games. One and six. So it wasn't like they had this resume that said, you can afford to lose games and you're going to be fine because you can't. And now you've put yourself in a position to where you've got to go on the road Saturday at Cameron Indoor Stadium and win, which, look, isn't impossible. You did it last year, and this Duke team isn't as good as last year's Duke team was. But there are going to be different circumstances in this game. There isn't going to be all the distractions. Then you got to turn around on Tuesday and go to a Wake Forest team that'll be playing for its NCAA tournament lives. Like a three-game losing streak isn't out of the realm of possibility here, folks. That's why tonight was so important. Was you get you get the one tonight at home, you split on the road before that Clemson game, you probably you probably live with those results. You didn't do that. You didn't hold up your end of the bargain at home, and now you're looking at a stretch where you've backed yourself into a corner once again, and that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen when you're preseason number one. That shouldn't happen when you're the the, the heavy favorite, mind you, to win the ACC. You know, we talked about it when we did the little state of the season earlier in the week about this team being underwhelming and had they not reached expectation and stuff like that. Well, this just validated that, if not furthermore. Because this team, for a team to have as much expectation as this team has, this has been as underwhelming a team and season of Carolina basketball in, uh, in my entire life. And, you know, I think the more that we just, we watch this, to, th- th- this team play, I think it just really sums up what, what some people thought in the preseason was that this wasn't a great team. This was a group that got really, really hot last season, and they enjoyed a really good month. Still possible they do that again, but those of us that watch college basketball like we do year in, year out, it's really hard to replicate that same or that same type of run back-to-back seasons because it's the hardest thing to do in sports is to win the NCAA double a tournament um we don't have a a script laid out but when you've done as many additions as we have 
I kind of know it by heart. So we will take a look at the box score here, and it's not a pretty one. Carolina shot 35% from the field. They were 23 of 66. Uh, meanwhile, Pittsburgh shot just 45%, 25 of 45. So Carolina's defense overall pretty good. Um, the the three-point shooting was not. Carolina just 5 of 27 from three. That's 19%. Pittsburgh was 7 of 19, 37%. Probably the area of the game that cost Carolina the most, and I've been noting this really since conference play started, free throw shooting. Carolina just 13 of 22 from the foul line, 59%. Uh, Pittsburgh was 8 of 11. That's 73%. Uh, Carolina with nine turnovers, which led to nine Pittsburgh points. Pittsburgh with 10 turnovers, which led to Carolina or to, to nine Carolina points. Rebounding. Carolina 43-34 on the glass. They lost a defensive rebounding margin 27-24, but they, they pummeled them on the offensive glass 19-7. Second chance points, 13 to 7, Carolina. Uh, bench points was 10 to 4, Pittsburgh. Points in the paint, 30 to 26, Carolina. Fast break points, 5 to 4, Carolina. Um, both teams had five blocks, and both teams had six assists on their made baskets. Uh, the game was tied eight different times, 12 different lead changes. Pittsburgh led for 17 minutes, 52 seconds. Carolina led for 17 minutes, 21 seconds. Let's move on now to the quote of the game, which came from Hubert Davis, and he just simply said, quote, we weren't disciplined enough to win the game. We weren't tough enough to win the game. Um, I also don't think Hubert Davis helped his team out. Um, I'm not going to sit here and blame him for the loss and sound like I want the man fired, but um, – it was very evident he got out coached again by Jeff Capel. And that's a really frustrating thing to to say out loud. Um, I, I, I almost vomited just saying those exact words because Jeff Capel's a dookie and it, it's really hard to, to give a guy like him who is as, as one of the, the biggest scum of the earth human, human beings to ever walk a college basketball sideline. It's really hard to give that guy credit, but um, he knew how to get his team ready to play, and Hubert Davis didn't. And, you know, look, some things were very evident where, you know, Carolina with no field goals the last three minutes and 49 seconds, you know, Hubert's got to do something, whether it's call a play. And, look, I know he wants to let these guys play free and – but at some point, you got to rein them in. They were 5 of 27 from three-point land. 5 of 27. At some point, the message got has to be, get the ball to Baycott and let him go to work. And I know he was 3 of 10 from the field. And I know he was 9 of 15 from the foul line. But whenever he got the ball, it just felt, it just felt like something happened. And it, it was just, it's just really frustrating. Um, and look, I know, I know Hubert's frustrated. Because I don't think he thought this type of performance was coming from his team, and and it shouldn't have, considering they had so much time off the off the basketball court. But you know, there are times where you've got to you've got to help your team, and I didn't think tonight he did a, he he did 
just that. Let's look at the stat of the game. And I, I think it's going to be free throw shooting because Carolina has been a really good free throw shooting team all year long. They're among the best in the conference. They're among the best at uh, getting to the foul line and making free throws. But 13 of 22 in a, in a game as tightly contested as this one, just isn't going to get the job done. And we've looked at the box score, you know, a few other times. And I would, and I told you, look, had Carolina lost, missed free throws would have been a big reason why. And tonight, tonight they, they, they really showed up. It wasn't just <laughs> Armando Baycott, who was 9 of 15. R.J. Davis, who entered the, the, the game leading the conference in free throw shooting, was 2 of 4. Caleb Love was was two of three. Those were the only three guys to 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 shoot free throws tonight for Carolina. But thirteen and twenty two, that's a tough pill to swallow. And you know, there's a lot of things that we can look at and say this cost us the game. Whether it was, you know, R.J. Davis committing a foul with three point four seconds left, whether it was Caleb Love appearing to be fouled on his final shot as the shot clock expired, although uh, he didn't get the shot off in time anyway. But when you really look at the box score, I do think missed free throws are, is going to be the thing you'll look at and say, that's something we can't control. And they didn't control that tonight in what is becoming a, a, a really disappointing and frustrating loss once again to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be a team that plays the way that Carolina does with getting to the free throw line, you you, you got to be able to make the shots. Either that or you gotta be you gotta be able to finish some of these these shots that you weren't able to. We've we said that going back to last year with this team. And that's an area that we thought they would improve in. And it just hasn't happened. And it showed again tonight. They had plenty of opportunities to finish on plays where they got fouled. And they didn't. They went to the line and way too often. It seemed like nearly every time they stepped up there. They went one for two. And we're talking about a guy like R.J. Davis struggling late in the game to knock down free throws. And, I mean, it's just this is this is the point that you're at with this team. where And it's amazing because we can really go from feeling like this team has turned the corner. And, look, I mean, this isn't this – isn't, a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination. Don't get this isn't anywhere near as bad of a loss as it was last year. But yeah, I mean you're 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 kind of teetering on, you know, we we were talking about in the last edition that look, if if things go the way you're hoping they do down the stretch of the year, this could be a team that could compete for a national title. But they're also a team that it the the, the margin for error is so thin right now that a loss like this really has you asking, is this team going to make the tournament? That's the point that this team is at. And I, I just, I don't get how they are at this point again. I really don't because this was a team that was supposed to be better all around. They were supposed to be deeper. Um, I didn't say, look, people were complaining about the fact that we didn't see other guys. Look, who the hell else are you putting out there? You don't have Puff. None of the other guys played well. It's just that simple. I mean, DeMarco Dunn was probably your best player off the bench. And that's, I mean, that's 
saying something because he wasn't even really all that great. So you're kind of stuck with what you got right now. And, I mean, unless some of these other guys can step up and play well. And, look, I I think, you know, you, you look at the free throw shooting, and one of the guys that struggled there tonight was Armando Baycott at times. I just think one of the big things tonight was the two guys that we've talked so much about stepping up on the offensive end of the floor and really being what, what, what has led this Tar Heel team to success here over, you know, the last 12 games where they've won 10 and 12 prior to tonight was Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis. Didn't happen tonight. They both struggled. Armando played probably his worst game of the year. Um, and look, I mean, there's no way around it, man. He deserves criticism for this game, especially that 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 travel at the end, dude. You got to be smart enough to call time out there. My God, you, I mean, you are a senior, man. Come on. So yeah, nobody's above uh, above criticism. Now RJ, I think it's pretty obvious that RJ was was injured, but there was a time late in the game where you know, you said it, and I think we were all thinking it. Dude, you, you, you've you got to stop shooting the ball. It's not there tonight. But, you know, he, he was a guy that was looking for that big shot late and just couldn't hit it. So it is what it is. You're sitting here now, and you're you're in scramble mode. I, I don't know if I'm exact, if I'm where you're at with the Duke game. I don't know if it's a must win, but if you lose that one, there ain't much. There ain't much room for error. You probably gotta beat. Uh, but you, you probably gotta beat Clemson, beat Miami, beat State, and you, you you probably end up having to either beat Duke at the end of the regular season, or beat Virginia. So yeah, that's that, and and that's something that we didn't think was gonna happen in in order for Carolina to uh, be you know solidly locked into the NCAA tournament. Nope, that's that's not where we thought we would be back in November. I think in November we were talking about being a one seed and, you know, what region are we going to be in? But it appears that um, for a second straight year, we'll be doing bubble watch. And uh, it's not a whole lot of fun. What we're going to do, take a quick break. Maybe I'll calm down during the break. We'll get you the latest offer we got from DraftKings. Then when we come back, more thoughts, more takeaways. As Carolina falls at home to Pittsburgh, 65-64. to NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in and place a same-gay parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I use DraftKings Sportsbook all through the college football season, through the NFL playoffs, and I'll be sure to use the same thing with these same-game parlay features all at DraftKings Sportsbook for the remainder of the NBA season. Download the DraftKings app now and sign up with the code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With that promo code TBPN, minimum age and and eligibility restrictions do apply. Void in Ohio, see show notes for details. 
We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all these great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. Guys, use those promo codes to make sure you're you're making all your bets, whether you're doing the NBA, uh, college hoops, or getting ready for all the prop bets for Super Bowl 57. Um, Probably bad news for my co-host and probably bad news for you, the listener. We took a break. I didn't get calmed down. Uh, I'm still pretty fired up. Um, the, the first thing I think, you know, we should address, because this is a really big talking point after the game, is the officiating. And uh, I never, I, I don't believe that officiating cost people games. I think that's just an easy way out, and I think it's just an excuse. And I'm not about it. Um, there's no denying that the officiating tonight was, was horrible because it was, it was bad. They allowed the game to get to a level of physicality and a, and a level of emotion that required, um, technical fouls to be, uh, to be assisted to RJ Davis and Nelly Cummings. And then from there on out, you know, after a technical foul gets called that everything is going to be called tight. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh was in the bonus before the under 16 timeout in the second half or in the, in the first immediate action after the under 16 timeout in the second half, they called two fouls on leaky black in less than five seconds. Um, and it changed the way the game was going to be played because Carolina had to play a significant stretch in the second half without, uh, its best perimeter defender. But on the flip side, even with, Pittsburgh being in the bonus pretty early, Carolina actually beat them to being in the double bonus. So it wasn't like the officials just didn't call the whistle the other way. No, that happened too. Um, there was a combined 38 foul calls in tonight's in tonight's game. And um, I, I think the biggest issue is that you're going to look at the final sequence that Pittsburgh ran that got Burton to draw the foul on R.J. Davis. In my personal opinion, and this is probably just the Tar Heel blinder shining through, not calling a foul in that situation. I'm not I'm not making the game about myself. You drew up a play that isolates you on a defender, um, and as much contact as there was there on that play, it was much initiated by the offensive player in Burton as it was by R.J. Davis, the defender. Then on the flip side, where Caleb Love took his final shot, um, I know I saw Josh Graham saying that it wouldn't have counted anyway. Oh, bless me. Um, it did appear that 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 there was a there was contact on the wrist. But then again, I think my my frustration comes to. Carolina shouldn't have allowed the game to be in a position to where we're coming away frustrated at the at the officiating and and using that as an excuse as to why Carolina got beat. Did it play a factor in the game? Absolutely. But did it cost Carolina the game? I'm not willing to go that far. No, and you shouldn't be because there we we pointed out, you know, before the break a bunch of other things that went wrong for Carolina in this game. 
So, yeah, officiating wasn't what lost this team the game, not by any stretch of the imagination. This team and their lack of their, their lack of toughness, their inefficiency, both at the free throw line and shooting-wise just overall, those are the, are the things that you should be mad about. The fact that you can't stop the ball when it matters the most, uh, you can't put you, you can't put teams away. I mean, we've talked about that all year. Those are the things you should be really mad about. Um, final shot from Caleb Love. Nope, can't be mad at that. Ball was still in his hand. Wouldn't have called that foul anyways. So uh, our our guy Isaac Shade went back, watched it, pointed that out on Twitter. Can't be mad about that one. Um, some of the other ones, yeah, you could be mad about that. Um, I don't really understand why. They let Burton use his offhand as often as they do to create space. Does it every single time that he brings the ball up the court? I, I just, I don't really get why that's legal, but love an explanation on that. Um, and yeah, there were definitely some other moments that were questionable, but shouldn't have been a game. Shouldn't have been a game. Like I said, team's not that great. They're a mediocre basketball team. You should have been able to beat them and beat them handedly. And yet again, you were up six. You had a chance to pull away, and you just can't do it. And eventually, we knew it was going to cost this team another game. And it will cost them more down the stretch of the season because this they, they are just not good enough to – beat teams handedly that they should be. I think that was, I I think that's where I I think I was most frustrated was at 46 to 40, you you know, Dan Bonner was sitting there saying for like three straight minutes. The other day he was explaining to us what quad one wins are and how important they are. Tonight he went through a whole soliloquy about how important it was for Pittsburgh at that juncture in the game. And you had a chance to to put the game to a uh, to a, a a manageable point to where you could just manage the game the rest of the way, and instead you allowed Nelly Cummings to hit three straight three pointers on three straight possessions in route to uh in route to a thirteen to two run, and it allowed Pittsburgh to reestablish control of the game. Um, and, and that's just something that championship teams, they don't allow that to happen. And, you know, I, I think the more frustrating thing was that this game was, this game was at home. Um, and it, for the most part, these types of things haven't happened, but, you know, for some reason they haven't had the killer instinct, a championship team is, is needs to have and it, it it came back and it cost them game it cost them a game tonight and you know what really stinks the most about maybe tonight's game more than anything Caleb love look was his numbers aren't pretty he was eight of 18 he was four of 11 from the three-point line but he, this was maybe the, the 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 best he has played all season long. Yeah, it was the most confident he's played all season long. He had that swagger back in him. I mean, that three pointer he made to make it sixty one sixty one is as tough as a shot as 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 you're going to make in the college game. It's it's just it's really that plain and simple. And and he made the play. And you know, and I think that's what really sucks for him 
is that for him individually, he's probably sitting there saying, well, dude, even when I play really well and I, and I feel like things are going my way, I, we, we, we don't win. And as much as we, we've complained about him at times, I do think at the end of the day, Caleb Love wants the University of North Carolina to win. And so, I mean, I think for me personally, I just, I hate that for him because he, he was trying really, really, I mean, he was at some points willing this team like he did so many different times last year. And he came up short because RJ Davis was, was struggled against tonight, just eight points, three of 15 from the field, back-to-back games. He, he failed to score double figures. Um, he had his he had a uh his right index finger with some tape on it, so it appears that 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 finger is bothering him again, like it was to start the season. Armando Baycott had his arguably worst game of the season from an efficiency standpoint of three for ten, and then Pete Nance is just what Pete Nance is. He was thirteen points, six of fourteen from the field but couldn't make the shots that we needed him to make. And so when Caleb Love is stepping up and doing the things we want him to do, but it still results in a loss, that has to be equally frustrating for him as well. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, that's how he's got to feel. I mean, he even probably had to feel it a little bit the other night against Syracuse when it looked like Carolina was going to lose because at that point, that was his best game of the season. Um, it doesn't really make sense, right? Because as we've said, we thought that once Caleb Love got going, this team would officially hit their stride and would start looking like the team that was preseason ranked number one in the country, or at least look like a team that was ready to compete for and possibly win the ACC regular season title. But these last two games, they haven't really looked like that on the offensive end of the floor. Um, you know, look, Armando played well against Syracuse on the offensive end. He did not play well tonight, and I'm still going to come back to that. I do not, I did not think he played well at all tonight, and he deserves criticism because in the first game, he was dominant against them, and he called out his teammates, and rightfully so. In this game, he struggled, and he deserves to be criticized with everybody else. Um, RJ Davis, yeah, as you mentioned, this is back to back games now where. He, he he has had issues on the offensive end of the floor. It felt like he was really taking a step forward for Carolina. Now, granted, the other night he did make a couple of shots late that were big. This one didn't. And he had many opportunities to do so and wasn't able to. Um, Pete Nance is starting to step up. You're seeing, you know, him him hit some tough shots. But the thing with Pete Nance is, is that look, he'll hit a lot of tough shots for you. But he'll miss the ones that you're that that are easy looks that you need him to make. So yeah, this is kind of the point that you're at, and you've gotten back to the point, you know. And this is something that I think is is definitely hurting this team as well. Leaky Black early in the season looked like he was at least taking a step forward offensively. Looked like he would be a guy that wasn't going to be a complete liability for you. Uh, on the offensive end of the floor. And look, there are games where he he can still contribute offensively more than in past seasons. But tonight, another example of where, just times where he brought you absolutely nothing when he was on the floor offensively. And then once he gets into foul trouble on the defensive end of the floor and has to be taken out of the game, 
that really just put put you put this team in a bad spot. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just right now there are so many question marks about this team going into Saturday. And the unfortunate part is that we you you have all these question marks coming off of a game that you shouldn't have lost. And Duke's going to come in playing their best basketball of the entire season. So, great spot to be in. I think another thing I took away from this game was that, um, and I pointed this out uh, to you multiple times, this team misses Puff Johnson. They miss the depth he provides. But more importantly, he uh, this team misses the flexibility he provides because – you know, when when Leaky Black had to leave the game with the with the with his foul troubles, you you had to go small. Um, and I and I mean, and in in that moment, I got it. Um, but it, it it really just hindered Carolina because Demarco Dunn isn't the type of defender that that Puff Johnson is. He he's a much better perimeter shooter than Puff Johnson is, but he's not the all around offensive player that Puff is because Puff is a great guy that. Great rebounder, great energy guy, does the little things. And right now, Carolina's missing that. And, you know, I, hopefully we can have him back ready to go and play a big role on Saturday. I mean, I understand why they're being cautious with him, given this what the injury is, with that knee soreness and how many and how many different injuries he has suffered during his, his time in Carolina. But once again, I think the overall just lack of depth is really uh is 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 really hurting this team once again because um look five guys played off the bench the most guy the most minutes played were by DeMarco Dunn and that was nine followed by Tyler Nichols six Jalen Washington three Dontres styled entered entered the game for one minute and Seth Trembled entered the game for five and and so um you know I think it's just something that even though Puff is a reserve player, he's a valuable player and does a lot of different things for this team that you can't really quantify. And and right now this team is missing him in a bigger way than I think most Tar Heel fans are willing to admit. Yeah, I mean, look, again, after that game that they played against Louisville, I thought that he should have been the starter moving forward. And I still believe that. If he was healthy, I think he's the best option that Carolina has to play at that four spot. So not having him is is big. But you need other guys to step up, and it's just not happening. Um, those guys, when they're out there on the floor, I mean, look, the last five, six games that he's played in, man, Seth Trimble has looked terrible. There is just no way around it. He looks like a freshman. The game is way too fast for him. He's out of control. You saw it again tonight. And there's, I mean, there's really nothing you can do if you're Carolina right now. You can't keep putting him out there. DeMarco Dunn, I mean, he's had moments where he's looked good, but unfortunately he's just not been able to really provide much for you on the offensive end of the floor. He's had times where he struggled defensively as well. Um, you know, and then you know, Tyler Nickel, extremely limited on the defensive end of the floor. Offensively, you know, just doesn't have the confidence yet to shoot the basketball. Um, I, I I think, you know, he still does a good job, I think, when he's out there of not killing you. Um, doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, does a good job of sharing the basketball. But, I, I mean, they're, they're a limited squad at this point. 
And, you know, we were hoping that wasn't going to be the case. Now, the guy that entered the game late on in Dontrez Styles, of course, we thought he was going to be a much bigger part of this team this year, and he simply hasn't been. So that kind of threw a wrench into the plans for Carolina. But it just seems like those guys that we saw stepping up early in conference play, they've kind of all disappeared. And I don't know if, if that's something that you're blaming on Hubert Davis for not using these guys more. But I got to tell you, when they've been on the floor, they haven't exactly been efficient. So I, I think there are times where you just you don't feel comfortable with keeping them out there for extended periods of time um, unless your hand gets forced. So I, I, it's 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 unfortunate right now. I, I think you really you really need Puff Johnson back bad. And I don't know how much longer he's going to be out. Even when he does come back at this point, I got to be honest, you're kind of just waiting for the next injury to happen. So who knows, you know, if he does come back, if he's even going to be available come tournament time, you just, it's, it, there is so much uncertainty and it's starting to look more and more like this team is probably going to have to do what they did last year. Can they find that sixth guy? And can they basically just run with five, the, the, the five starters that they have and rotate in one guy off the bench? Because as of right now, I, I mean, I don't think they're, they're really going to have much more of an opera. You know, there's not really going to be much more depth that they can develop at this point in the season. So Yep. Nope. I mean, I'm right there with you. Um, I think it's just, I think the thing about tonight is you just come away, um, with a sense of, 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 of uneasiness and a sense of unknowing. Cause you just don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. The, the season really much hangs in the balance going into the, the game Saturday at Duke heading into the, 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 the game next Tuesday at Wake Forest. Carolina finds a way to split. I think I think you have to be excited and or not excited, but I think you have to live with that result. I think if they find a way to sweep and win at Duke Saturday night and that wake next Tuesday, I think you'll be ecstatic. But I also don't think you can rule out the fact that they could lose both of those games, find themselves at, you know, 15 and 9 and 7 6 7 and 6 in the ACC and not really knowing what the what what their postseason fate is going to look like, and I think when I when I say this, I'm speaking for all parties included. We just didn't expect that when the season started, and, and frankly, you know, it's not it's not us as a fan base deserves more. You know, we just wanted more for these players and for the the, the coaching staff after all they put in last season to to get so close to achieving all those hopes and dreams to to then come back this year and be pretty underwhelming so far has got to be equally, if not more disappointing for those guys as it has been for us that, that live in that, that live and breathe with Carolina basketball. So uh, with that guys, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show, but we do encourage you guys to visit the website, heeltoughblog.com where uh, coverage from the pit game will be found there. There's already a recap posted on the website, go back, read about the, the loss to Pittsburgh, uh, what went wrong for Carolina um, as they dropped a third straight at home to the Panthers um, in a fifth of six overall to 
the Pitt program. News coming out of Tar Heel football. They landed another commit in the 2024 class. The 2023 uh, football schedule is out. All that is covered for you guys as well as even though they're in the offseason, Anthony will keep you updated on whatever news comes out of the Keenan Center. And as for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast where we will pop up, where we encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But more importantly, guys, we want you to hit that subscribe button. Uh, we do want to, you know, express our, our 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 thankfulness and our gratitude. We had our best month ever as a podcast back in January with over 6,400 downloads in that month alone. So we really do want to appreciate you guys for all the love and support that you have shown the podcast. And we, and we want you to continue do, to do so by hitting that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. But with that, guys, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Wanna, I want to thank Anthony for recording with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.